Welcome back to LGBT Unoya, and you are joined by me, Ryan Curley, as always, also joined by Faye and Aoife, but also joined by a special guest, Owen, today. Um, it's going to be interesting, guys. We're going to be talking about diversity in RPGs, and that does not mean uh, rocket grenade launcher. That just means rocket role playing. <laughs> That's the one. Rocket, rocket projected what? Rocket, rocket grenade. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's the one. Yeah, I'm not up on my... RPG lingo. I am up <laughs> on my DNA lingo, mind you, and Call of Cthulhu, and all the rest of the many brilliant role-playing games that are available to us. Uh, where I'm concerned, personally, I'm quite new to the role-playing um, games. Uh, I've, you know, it's it's a college thing for me. It started two years ago, and I've absolutely fallen in love with it. Um, obviously, a bit of a resurgence recently for where D&D is concerned primarily, particularly down to its... Um, introduction to life through stranger things a very popular show on netflix uh, that a lot of people seem to enjoy uh, that sort of 80s nostalgia and it is just kind of coming back into mainstream now amazingly and i'm loving that so uh i jumped on the the wagon before it became a bandwagon um but anyway let's begin i think actually i'll go to yourself owen first of all you are the special guest for oh. today isa is not here um so it's great that we have you fill in the gap. Let's talk, first of all, about Call of Cthulhu, because if I'm not wrong, that's probably what you prefer. What is it about Call of Cthulhu that makes things just so appealing to you personally? Yeah, well, I'm not in, uh, I suppose what really got me drawn to it, first of all, was probably um, the historical aspect, which I'm just very interested in history. And hmm. the most common era of play for it would be in the 1920s, which is contemporary to H.P. Lovecraft's stories it was based on. Um, yeah. That's not to say it's confined to that period, though. Like You can have it in the modern day or very far into the past. There's been source books written for like ancient Rome, for example, or really far mm. into the distant future, and I'll, like Alien, say, where you're yeah. in a spaceship or something. But um, it's most typically done in the uh, jazz age. And I suppose what interested me about that was um, role-playing... Um, you can do anything with a character you create in a role-playing game, but if you're set in a real-life world, you have to kind of uh, be aware of a real-world rules laws. Or even if, if you're in a fantasy world, you have to be aware of how that world works. Um, mm. And yeah. in that regard, the 1920s is certainly not known for its most, uh, mostly for its tolerance towards, say, the LGBT or anyone who wasn't of a white yeah. Western background and preferably male as well. Um, mm -hmm. the um, but the, a lot of people are put off by that, I think. And I've I've had a lot of people tell me they wouldn't be able for that because of the whole nature of how difficult it would be to uh, live in that time uh, in terms of like yeah. role playing. A lot of people don't want to role play real life discrimination, for example, which is perfectly valid. Um, yeah. I think um, there are ways that it's too interesting to necessarily completely ignore. I I think the ignoring terrible things that happened is also to kind of do a disservice to the people who actually suffered it as well. Mm. Um, well, um, if I might just go to Aoife for a moment. Aoife, I'm aware mm -hmm. you are a DM where D&D uh, is concerned primarily. Have you ever DM'd where Call of Cthulhu is concerned? Um, I haven't actually DM'd for Call of Cthulhu specifically because of right. the reasons Owen was saying. I personally don't like crafting worlds with that while it is important to recognize those things happen within history i personally like a world because most of the time when i'm making D, D characters it'll be me and my girlfriend making them together and we usually like 
having characters that can be openly together and then mm. or even if not openly together just openly attracted to each other or anything like that we like making characters yeah. together and that's yeah. our kind of way of having like even if i'm playing D or something in a one without her my character mm-hmm. will always be on like it will be a lesbian like me for the sole reason that yeah. that is my it is a ground that's my grounding in reality and while i kind of want to get away from the like i like the idea that i can be in a world where it's not a thing that i have to dance around in conversations yes yeah. absolutely yeah yeah so okay so i might throw that back to you owen obviously as a dm we are aware that you are incredibly inclusive um and i must i i, I must you know respect that obviously but it, i mean it has to be incredibly challenging for you to just avoid uh what is often associated with the 1920s as as you've mentioned being a time where things were still very much yeah it, it, i don't want to say i don't want to say backwards but you know what i mean, yeah. I mean how, how is that for you is that challenging it um it is and it isn't in some way it depends and uh, the key would probably be it helps like being very interested in the time that i'm willing to put in the time for researching it um yeah chaosium who publishes it have actually uh run into it themselves and have like details you should always discuss mm-hmm. it with your players first i would mm-hmm. i'd definitely be adamant about yeah yeah 100 uh, yeah. um certainly i would say instead of avoiding it like i would openly encourage people make characters who are people of color, LGBT, people who might have been marginalized or discriminated against specifically because yeah. I think when they're going up against the horror of the Cthulhu mythos, but also dealing with real world discrimination, it's that much more satisfying when they succeed. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, um, I don't mean to cut in, but I mean, that is, no, yeah, ahead, that yeah. is a very satisfying thing. But where I'm coming from, it's a case of I want to get away from the fact that that exists yeah. more than anything. Like, I don't want all of the stories about me as a person to be about that one aspect of me as a person. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's true. Um, I mean, I mean, if you if you look at the 1920s, just talking about Call of Cthulhu specifically, yeah. look around the world. You, you've got prohibition in America. You've got mm-hmm. revolution in Ireland. You've got Weimar Germany going on. You've got the jazz era, as Owen mentioned. It's an incredibly interesting time. Yes. but there's just a lot wrong with it as well yeah um, i mean the thing is you now for people sometimes bring up it was very difficult to it was a difficult time for everyone in the world to live in even if they were yeah. necessarily aware yeah. of it like even mm. uh, if you were lucky enough to be just uh living in the western world of a for fairly like what was considered normal background at the time you're still living in a time where like medicine was worse there was more violence yeah. uh, the world over you know um yeah. you less social security yeah. like in general it was just a harder time yeah, yeah. well I'd, I'd like to bring Faye into the conversation because we haven't heard from Faye just yet Faye you obviously play D&D and Call of Cthulhu you might play other games as well um, regularly but you have played them okay yeah so I mean have you ever firstly played as someone who is transgender no no this is I, just like a is, 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 is that like something is, is there something that sort of like in your mind maybe because no I'd, I'd just like to play as whatever like this that and the other or or do you think that might be an, a, an avenue for you one day i'd say i don't really explore that because i just look at my characters and their backstories as more of a i'd explore it more so like what makes them interesting so whether it be like D where it's 
it's probably part of my character creation process because I'll take two things that are disparate and then try and combine them and then make an interesting character mm. out of that. So what if it's like a lizard folk, but they're like peaceful or something? Like, wait, what would lizard folk are violent? Yeah, 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 this is peaceful. So like, what's the like, how does that work? How? Okay, well, I'll probably be a cleric, right? Like I have to try and figure out that problem. Or what I call it, Tulu, I take like, what if I was like Irish and German? Oh God, there's a lot of like mm. fuckery going on there, but I live in the US. So I've got like three countries worth of like history I have to pull on and like balance between at all times. That's the way to yeah. make characters more so. Um, not necessarily to avoid the issue, but I just never really think of it. Like a good example is um, mm. the, uh, I'm playing Curse of Strand and the DM pulled me aside where he has this plot point where he like is going to introduce a character that's interested in mine, but he's aware that like, I'm Ace Aero. He's like, I know you are, so that cool. And I was like, uh, I, I suppose I he asked, like, is mm. Kaylock your character? Is she like great? Is she like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. I never considered it. I've never considered it for any character I've ever made. It just never comes up. So it's yeah. not like yeah. I consider, oh, I want to avoid this or oh, I want to be empowered this way. It, I just literally never think of it whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Really well, that. well, actually, a, 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 a potentially more general question here, and this actually applies to everyone because we've all uh, played uh, RPGs, you haven't just DM'd as well. How much of you do you put into the characters that you play? Is, is it a completely different person or is there just a lot of elements to you in there or just maybe some elements? There's, Does anyone want to take I, that first? Uh, you go ahead. I Owen, would yeah. say there's a little bit of me in every character I make. That's not just for RPGs. Yeah. I like writing stories as well as scripts yeah. and all. And I think uh, there's an aspect of myself in even the most deplorable people I create. Yeah. Um, okay. That, I mean, um, an alter, an alter ego, perhaps. Yeah, I, I think making characters certainly is a way to always explore aspects of the personality and generally you're interested in, or the human condition, even with characters who aren't human. But mm. Um, mm. certainly, uh, I've got loads of NPCs for every RPG I make because I just love making characters in general. They're so they're yeah. all quite varied um, in mm -hmm. terms of nationality, sexuality race ideologies uh but i've tried to make them varied yeah. the one thing as well is that again if i'm rolling it playing I, I try to learn as much about whatever world i'm in and try and make yeah. interesting characters in that and uh, my favorite yeah characters at the minute is in our current D, &D campaign uh i've got an entire mm. family of uh, siblings <laughs> who are yes. all completely different people no, well, sorry uh, uh, Aoife uh, is using one as a, as yeah. an NPC at the minute, and, mm -hmm. for, and uh, it's mm -hmm. great because the two of them are twins and constantly bickering and arguing and so on. Yeah, mm. um, actually, speaking of Eva, I might actually ask you Eva the same question because I'm aware you mentioned uh, earlier that you'll very often, if not always, play someone who's lesbian. So again, do you put a lot of yourself into your characters? See, that isn't so much a conscious choice of mine, more as it is how I would play my characters. I don't know. Um, it's more so like if I'm... Mm. So when's the most recent example like, where it's... You wouldn't know how to play a straight person because like you're not... Yeah, like I wouldn't like... Um, okay, yeah. Because uh, me and my friends, because I usually play it either with my college friends or with uh, at my friends closer to home. Well, my at-home mm. friends, we've been playing it for... Uh, since 2014, 2013, since fifth edition of D and D came out, and we got the starter set, and we've always had this kind of 
similar dynamic. And specifically, one of my friends, he will always play, uh, he likes to play his overly charismatic characters where they're flirty and stuff. And we have a dynamic where his character will jokingly flirt with me and I will always deadpan look at him or if I'm playing a more lighthearted character, just completely not understand what's going on. So I don't think I put a lot of, well, every character has a piece of myself because I will relate to them in some way because... I'll always, I always build a character off a specific trait that I pick as their dominating trait. Like, um, I'll pick, like, maybe certain characters, uh, pride is their dominating trait. And through that, they will have, that will be their biggest strength and also their biggest flaw. Or maybe a yeah. character's specific trait is, like, um, I'm building one at the minute and shit, her specific trait is her, oh, sorry, my train of thought. Sorry, her, her willingness to help people. And I know that you're like, how oh, is yes. that a flaw? But she will often go out of her way to help everyone, even if it's the big bad trying to kill her. Um, mm. Oh, I see, I see, yeah. 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 And well, so I... yeah. Um, sorry yeah. to interrupt. I just wanted to come to Faye with an actual... I actually want to switch the question up just a little bit for you, Faye. How, how important is it to maybe let go of yourself in elements, you know, to, to, to play a character? How important is it also to relate to the character that you're playing is is there it does it give you more integrity does it make the the experience better uh, for you? i would say i don't find it too hard to play people who are way different to me because like from a young age i did drama for like 13 years and then i you know write stories and make characters and all this shit and i've like i keep doing it basically my entire life i've just always been doing that um Plus, maybe like pretending to be people you're not is just like a natural thing for me now. Um, but yeah, yeah uh, with all that experience of like acting and drama and this, that, it's not too difficult to try and imagine. And anyhow, even besides that, yeah. like with college and stuff, uh, even from a young age, I've had to like conceptualize things like on a societal level and from like this perspective, that perspective, sort of perspective because of how I was raised. Um, so trying to like. Mm consider another perspective and then try and pretend to be that perspective isn't something new so i can do that with yeah. my characters so even if they're way different to me like if i make a character who's a flaming racist and i'm not a flaming racist i'll at least have some experience with what they're like and be that yeah. so i don't need to have right i'm sure maybe just part in there like i don't know how i play the anger or something if you want to get really like technical or like really mm. minute details or something but in terms of like this is part of me, I'll put it into the character. I don't really do that as much. Granted, I do it sometimes, yeah, but mm-hmm. I usually play it very differently to how it is. Or I combine the two elements that are like maybe part of me in ways that they're not combined okay. like they are with me. You know. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, sorry, I, I did just want to come to own actually because I'm aware. Uh, by the way, I'm I have no intention of naming any names here, but I know someone personally that plays D and D. That has a tendency to use the n-word now before i get into anything yeah i, I can already hear the, <laughs> the it's, it's uh, not me it's terrifying yeah it's yeah, not no, it no, is no, not no. it's it's no one here it's no one here uh, obviously yeah it is it's absolutely yeah. no one here but just i i think you might be aware right. of who i'm talking about okay yeah. uh just oh. just to don't worry i'll tell you yeah, afterwards. Uh, but just yeah basically what i'm saying is Technically, if you're looking for realism in the 1920s, that's not far off. But in reality, it's definitely not 
what we want. There is a unless point. unless you're striving for realism. But I did want to actually ask. Actually, I think is that you, Aoife, coming in? Do do you want to? Yes. Do you want um, to go ahead? I yeah. Cannot remember the quote. Um, I'm searching it up. Uh, I think it's. Oscar I can Wilde. stall. I can stall if you want. Oh yeah. Uh, go ahead. Oh no, it's about to, yeah. Um, man is least himself when he talks in his own person. Oh, yeah. Give him a mask, and he will tell you the yeah, truth. That will classic one mm. yes that's a big one for our unnamed friend here i believe yeah 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 Who, whose identity of course we shall keep secret but um, oh yes, yes. yeah I um, but, you know yeah yeah i mean it's it's such a dodgy topic and it's really it, it pains me to hear it because i often hear stories about oh he said it again or whatever and i just a, a pit of rage emerges from within me for a moment and then I just try to calm down back again because I don't I don't get it. I understand that potentially there is a, an influence in the media and amazingly that word has seen a resurgence in recent mm -hmm. years uh, but it's just so derogatory and wrong and I, I don't understand why that comes about. So Owen, as a DM, how do you deal with something like that? Um, it's uh, partly, uh, definitely, yeah, I'd go back to be sure to discuss that aspect with the players and find out what they're comfortable with first. Uh, I've never dropped their hard yeah. N-words in a game ever. I have alluded to it yeah. being said, but never actually said it myself. Um, you don't have to necessarily quote okay. uh, a character for rating. But um, uh, I, I, it was interesting because like, at the time, yeah, that you're right, that word would have been very commonly used, for example not uh, necessarily yeah, yeah. always in a malicious context just because that might have been considered um fairly just normal uh dialogue not uh, any kind of weight behind yeah. it it would have been insulting to people on the receiving end of it but not necessarily the person saying it might not necessarily have even intended it that way unfortunately a lot of them did um it's yeah. a, a similar situation actually i had with in regards to mental health because college cthulhu often deals with uh insanity and people going crazy from the things they witness um a lot of outdated treatment of people with mental illness is brought into perspective as well and very outdated phrases would have been commonly used by medical professionals at the time i don't necessarily think there's a right or wrong way but there is a wrong way definitely a wrong way i don't necessarily think there's an entirely right way you can handle it it's a complicated issue and yeah perhaps yeah. not but at the same time when you're a dm yeah. you're in yeah. control and do you think that is there is there a sense upon you of well hold on a minute i've got someone here who's using a racial term yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be the n-word because there's, there's plenty of racial terms for people all over the world there's plenty of derogatory terms everywhere um but let's just say you've got someone who's using a derogatory term because they want to you know try and capture realism or they want to stay true to character or they're just someone who's completely big-headed yeah. and doesn't actually realize that what they're doing is incredibly offensive but anyway um sorry nearly lost my cool there for a second there but um you know what do you do do you pull them aside and say listen you need to stop what you're doing because this is you know a little bit much or or do you just try and maybe ignore it for a bit and then maybe afterwards just a little aside, like maybe maybe try and ease off? What, what do you do then? Um, sometimes I've ignored it. Depends like um, where, how and why they say it. Like, um, and how often um, is the problem as well. Um, yeah. the, um, I would probably uh, um, take, would want to take them aside afterwards and say it's them like, you know, you don't, have to be 100% uh, that committed to it. 
and all the rest. Try and remind them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, typically, I haven't had typically I haven't had to handle it too much, thankfully. Uh, good. Um, good. Does that apply to? I presume that applies to yourself as well, Eva. See, I would take a bit of a more hardline stance if I was DMing. Okay. Um, well, go if ahead. I was DMing and someone said that at the table, I, I, at the moment, be like, look, not here. This is the warning. If you're doing it again, you're not sitting at my table because I don't want that. Okay. I don't like that makes everyone uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. just there's no need for it. And it's like it's uh, I just mm. there's really no need yeah, to use it's, this. Like yeah. you can. I don't know. I'm just I'm not at my tables. Well, but, um, I am. Holy yeah, against yeah, it, what about yeah. let's say if yeah. a player does it and then the DM doesn't say anything, but then another player is the one that raises the issue? Oh, right. so uh, example being sorry, um, I actually missed that because uh, of bad connection. So, Could you repeat that? Uh, one player does a thing, DM says nothing, another player is the one that corrects the other player. What would you do in that situation? Example being, uh, there was a player at Corsa Strad who made like one transphobic joke, I'm like, okay, I'll... Oh my god, my connection. Be calm. Then he made another one. I was like, okay, seriously, like, literally, like, two minutes later. And then, like, another one. I was like, okay, stop. And I literally stopped the entire game and called him out. I'm like, look, mate, stop. Mm. And then everybody was really awkward about yeah. it. And yeah. Granted, I was playing with a bunch of cishet white dudes. Maybe that was part of the issue. But, like, none of them raised any issue or, you know, were like, hang on a minute. They just went with it, you know? So... Yeah. What would you do? Truth be told, yeah. if I'm being completely honest, it's like hard to be the one person in the group that like stands up to it. Is the problem? Even I don't. Here, sometimes here, here's the thing. Yeah, I don't care about making it awkward. I don't want to hear it. I don't want people there. Like, I. Uh... What would you do in that situation? That if one player corrects another or like says something, you know, stops the game for that. Like you have a daughter, you're a DM. It's your game. It's running. Yeah, yeah, it stopped. Like, what would you do there? I'd, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd literally just be like, look, they they said it themselves. Don't bring that up again. If you do, uh, I don't. You're not welcome at my table. Just like we're mm. trying to have fun here, not be racist or anything. Like, mm. yeah, I I would yeah. try my yeah. best to get the game back on track. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, that that yeah, that does make sense. And uh, speaking of getting back on track, we do have other oh, yeah. um, questions. So I will move on. I think we've pretty much covered that one. Basically, what we're saying is uh, realism always good to try and capture reality and all the rest, but maybe don't take it too seriously as well because people can get offended. Then it's just not generally nice. But moving on, I think we've covered Call of Duty pretty well. I do want to talk a bit about D and D, and I think mm-hmm. um, actually probably will come to you, Eva here. First of all, because you are currently DMing a campaign that uh, myself and Owen are taking part in. Um, D&D is incredibly fascinating to me. And again, you can be whoever you mm-hmm. want to be. But do, do you think that where D&D is concerned, do, do you, first of all, see the sort of resurgence recently of D&D? It sort of seems to be coming back into mainstream. Oh, uh, definitely. With the um, kind of... I'd say with the advent of the internet becoming a mainstay in public and household lives, it was kind of an inevitability that most nerd culture, such as gaming culture, would have an upsurge, and so would tabletop gaming. 
have an upsurgence. And with the mm. rise of fifth edition D&D in 2013 or 2012, maybe even, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like the perfect timing for that game because f- fifth edition of D&D mm. is a lot less complicated than previous editions. They mm. like, they yeah. have it more so down as... Uh, um, like advantage, disadvantage, as opposed to this situational bonus and this penalty at all. Exactly, exactly. It has it, it, it like made the rules a lot easier for new players, so a lot of more people could jump on. Especially with the fifth edition starter mm. set, which I still think yeah. is one of the best pre-written adventures. Lost Minds Find Out is probably mm-hmm. one of the best paced pre-written adventures I've played and run. Like I've yeah. run it for like so many groups of new players because it is just it is like the perfect adventure that was released at the perfect time. I just every, it's like everything perfectly lined up for D and D and RPGs as a whole, just to take an upsurgence, especially with things like critical role, uh, the adventure zone and every like online D and D play yeah. uh, mm-hmm. podcast or show because the, the internet was so regular. People started watching them and getting into it through them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like, well, well actually, yeah, so you're right. You've definitely identified the resurgence there as well. Um, I actually might come to you, Faye. I'm not sure if you watch Stranger Things or not, but I think definitely Stranger Things might have had a part oh, to play as well. Do, do you think uh, that might be accurate? I haven't watched it either, but I would say definitely had some involvement. Yeah. The, the, the interesting um, yeah. things that were considered, I suppose it's a fairly common thing, things that were considered to be niche hobbies and people were looked down upon for it and so on are now the cool thing to do. Like, people go to conventions and all that mm. don't know anything about what they're seeing. Like, you, or, like, you make some sort of joke or something, like, that's in the community and they don't get it. You know, people that aren't really as involved, which I know sounds elitist, but people that don't know as much as, say, like, most people at a convention would, would still be there and be enjoying it, but perhaps for different reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. As kind of be like, a, like an upwards yeah, flow, yeah. I suppose, of here's all these little niche hobbies, these cool things... And then people that aren't into that, like the you know cool people, like the I don't know mainstream, like in massive inverted commas on these things, you know, are like, oh, that's cool. I'll just like take that, which I suppose is a similar process. It, I yeah. suppose it happened. Like punk, uh, yeah, subculture was a thing that got taken up, and now it's just part of like modern, you know, fashion. Um, goth fashion comes into style every once in a while. A lot of things that are like niche mm-hmm. and special, like this is our little small community thing kind of like the mainstream big hand is like that's cool yoink that's ours now and they like kind of dull it down and make it a different form but there you go and everybody can enjoy it whether that's good or bad mm. you know that that's up to you like anime is becoming more mainstream recently as well like a lot of these kind of things are yeah. so i would say i, I would only know. really consider something completely mainstream if my mother takes it up that's fair. That, that's an interesting <laughs> measure but then <laughs> would people of that age not? yeah can't can't quite see that happening where D and D is concerned, Owen. But I mean, I, I might be wrong. I hope <laughs> I'd, I, like to, I'd like uh, to be wrong as well. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. That would be yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, what actually, I, I would like to ask you, Owen, because I'm aware you go to a lot of conventions and all the rest. What is the general atmosphere the convention? like? Um, I've noticed yeah. um, uh, they're quite. Um, uh, I'm always quite. Um, I think happily surprised to see the amount of people who bring their families there. Yeah. Like uh, kids and so on. Mm. Um, like I like um, 
that people introduce their uh, kids to it now at a young age. I don't know if that would have been common at conventions in the past. I've only gone within the last six years, maybe, since 2014, I suppose. Yeah. And like, um, I, I've noticed that maybe that's uh, that just, um, they're quite, uh, always been quite an inclusive environment, I think, conventions. Um, mm. I would see them more or less as um, a very big uh, marketplace for the most part. Um, um, yeah. that's where I'm feeling particularly cynical as well. Though. Like, but, I mean, um, yeah, I see. You've got your capitalist yeah. eye on it. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I might actually ask Aoife, uh, do you think, is this like, Faye mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, you know, D&D anime sort of has been a bit of a resurgence recently with them, but is this just a phase or will this actually develop and will this get more and more people playing role-playing games um, i think it'll just get more and more people playing role-playing games it is kind of like how maybe in like uh from i'm not i was not alive in the 90s and 80s but from what i've heard it seems like video games was a very niche uh niche mode of entertainment and similar to how role-playing games are uh kind of making that more popular upsurgence like D and D fifth yeah. edition is the uh, is the Super Mario Bros of of uh, of this where it's kind of getting yeah. everyone involved yeah. it seems and then through them yeah it is a gateway video game into the RPG community for a lot of people yeah. and I think it is going in my yeah, yeah. I don't know if it will I hope so that it makes as big of an upsurgence because I've from what I've seen a lot more people are getting into it because I remember in I don't know fifth class not fifth class sorry like fourth year and fifth year um mm. me like that I, I started playing it in like second and third year but i wasn't openly playing it until like fourth year talking about it in school and like the general yeah. populace were interested in it and thought it sounded cool like while a lot mm. of people weren't interested in like a lot i know a lot of them weren't interested in fantasy when they heard us talking about it and talking about making characters and like all the stories, people who would not have been a part of the nerd community, quote unquote, um, would be like, we're like genuinely interested and wanted to get playing. And so I think it could very easily take that upsurgence like, uh, like video games once have. Yes, is yeah. the answer. Well, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and a very good answer at that. Uh, Faye, let me ask you, do or does one, let me just use some nice English here, does one have to be a quote-unquote nerd to play d um, Because each, I mean, even just tabletop role-playing games in general, I would say you don't need, you don't need to be part of it. Um, because there's so much to it, I would say. Uh, if you're interested in just being a player and you want to just, you know, Show up to a game every like maybe once a month or something, and just play wood shots, and that's it. Or if you're some absolute mad fucker like me, who is like, I want to paint minis, I want to like make scenery, I want to play it every day. I'm going to play five games. I want to DM a game. It's going to be great. I'm going to write fifteen thousand words. If you want to be like me, sure, be like me. Actually, don't do that. Bad, bad advice. But if you want to take it lightly, if you want to take it seriously, if you want to take it sci-fi, whatever way you want to take it, you can do that. I think that's kind of. A great side of it where like with games there's not mm. so much that yeah. the freedom's not really there as much because you are kind of limited to what the developers have made but with 
you know, any role playing game, you can just homebrew your own entire system, you know, setting characters. You could just literally make your own game with like a piece of paper and a pencil and your brain, you know. Mm. So, but again, yeah. if you want to get that yeah. far into it, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. So, everybody's able to get into their own yeah. level of it, I would say. So, yeah, you could have like most people yeah. just play the odd game here and there. Some people play the odd game and run the odd game. Other people only play games. Other people make minis and scenery and this and that and that. And like it gets smaller and smaller. But that's how any, you know, culture would work, I would say. Like not every furry is a person or not every that's furry is an artist, but there are those in the community. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it just funnel. Yeah. In pyramids. I don't know. Sociology. Yeah. Fuck. Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Aoife, I might come to you. Let's let's just say, right, you you bump into someone who's looking to get into role playing games. What have you got any advice that you might give to someone who's looking to start an RPG or get um, into one? The specific uh, YouTubers I would recommend and specific systems. I'd recommend a system like Fifth Edition D anD D to begin with because it has a kind of simple main like way to play it. But maybe that's just because I like it a lot. But it's um. I also like the monster of the week system, though that can be a bit it's a bit more story centric and more narrative focused. But um sure, yeah. With, it, um, like you yeah. say, I, I think it's really important you kind of try a load of different systems out and eventually you'll yeah. find one that suits you the best. Yeah. Um yeah. I got put off D and D for a long time because um there's a big emphasis on constant combat. That yeah, I, I doesn't really interest me all that much. Sometimes I really like, say, a, a system I call it Cthulhu as well because it's very heavily focused on investigation mm. and role play, which I really enjoy. But uh, that's not for everyone either, and yeah. it's really about finding stuff that suits you. Uh, and that might take a while. I I always pick up new systems all the time because I'm fucking yeah. idiot like Faye. There's no offense. <laughs> it's okay. And, um, <laughs> I yeah. can't think of this um, fruit. <laughs> Yeah, I bought the Alien role-playing game the other day, you know, even though I've got like three other systems I haven't even tried yet and all this. Uh, I keep telling people as well, though, if they, a lot of people come to me as a DM and ask, can we do a campaign of such and such? And I've just kept telling them now, if you run it, I'll play it. Because um, I've noticed that kind of yeah. for every five people who want to play it, maybe only one person wants to DM. Oh, that's a generous amount. <laughs> that's yeah, a very generous, generous amount. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like considering the fact it's that, quite an interesting ratio. And, yeah, uh, I I'd love to GM yeah. more, but I wish more people I know who play it would also start doing it. It's uh, just take yeah. up the slack a bit. I think one issue is, um, at least I'm just thinking from my own perspective. I wasn't okay with DM, and I was very afraid of it because I didn't understand the system D D five E well enough that I could come up with stuff and use the mechanics to get the game I wanted. So, like, Call of Cthulhu, if you were to tell me, you have to run a Call of Cthulhu game in, like, a month. Oh, Jesus, it's going to be terrible, because I don't know the system well enough. I can't just come up with, like, what would that be? What would that be? How would that work? I don't have, it like, just, like, an intrinsic knowledge of how to do it, you know? Yeah. You certainly seem to. Yeah, no. You're good at no, oh, and you had us, Phil. Maybe it's a bit too much of a peek behind the curtain, but a lot of the times the GMs just kind of go with improvising as much as anything else. Well, as quickly as they can. But you have to have the um, knowledge of the system to be able to improvise properly, I'd say. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, like yeah. um yeah. 
I didn't start DMing until I was like a player for three years because I didn't feel comfortable with the system. So I get what they mean. <laughs> but um, even after I took that leap and thought I felt comfortable, there was a lot more I needed to do. And I'd like to say I'm a I'm a decent, You're pretty uh, good, master, yeah. But... Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> I can yeah. confirm you, you are can... very good. Yes, um, I don't know. Um, you just always got to be prepared to learn. Yeah, you always got to be prepared to listen to your players and learn yeah. what what how to get better. Yeah, if I could make the comparison, yeah. I I well, only yeah. played D and D once before I started DMing. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. got into that first. The first book I ever bought was the Dungeon Master's Guide, um, which is interesting. I've actually DM'd more than I've ever played. Yeah, uh, that's some people like that. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I. I don't know if I necessarily enjoy being a DM more. I think I do really like having more control over the world. I've always had an interest, say, in being a film director and all when I was younger. So I think that kind of, yeah. I naturally drew me mm. towards the DMing more. Um, but it's a very sure. ambitious undertaking, and um, it's. Uh, but it's okay if you just say, look, um. Sorry, you're still getting a bit used to this and all. It's not your players are so yeah. happy to have somebody running it for them. Yeah. Really mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. The perfect example sure. is I was running a dungeon back when I first started, and where I was thinking, I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel like a real lived-in dungeon that creatures could have been camping out in for a while." But when my players were playing it, they're like, "Huh," because I had put like goblins in a dungeon and further in the dungeon there were gnolls and in my head that didn't really fit because i put them both as kind of minion char- characters so why would there be two different types of minion characters in the same area but my players were like oh holy shit two monsters you yeah, know exactly it, um it's like yeah yeah it, um, I've, I've heard of some very picky players that go into detail i've heard of this awful thing called the matt mercer effect which i thankfully never endured which is where People always compare their DMs to your man, the DM's critical role, yeah. Matthew Merton, yeah. who who has been doing it. He he made a post about it himself saying, "I've been doing this for about twenty years, and I'm a professional yeah. voice actor, like and write as well. Like it's not like no no expect I, yeah. Shakespeare out of your DMs all the time." But um, I yeah. have seen the reverse Matt Mercer effect, yeah. where it's a case that DMs and players, because of critical role. Aren't they aren't expecting that of their DMs or their players, but they're doing the opposite and they are like change they are building a way they play. While it can be negative to some because it makes a, st- a feel a, a, a standard for fun, which isn't might not be fun for some, but I've also seen it so a lot of DMs get more inspired to make campaigns and stuff. And like I watch Critical Role and the amount of effort that Matt puts in makes me want to put in more effort and not in a negative way but in a kind of like, I'm like to... i thought i thought i was at one punch man levels where i was knocking them out of the park but i was like oh shit i'm level five matt's level 20 i got a long way to go mm-hmm. in the best way possible that i'm like i i can do more yeah you definitely um joey's probably better but i've had yeah, that uh, makes sense. i've had come out of sessions i thought when shiting people have told me they go really well because the players yeah. often don't know what to expect yeah, it's a weird exactly. One. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, personally, where I'm concerned, I've only been playing for two years. I often flirted with the idea of maybe venturing to to be a mm-hmm. DM at one stage, but um, I I think I'd like to maybe just take a bit more time just to see do I fully yeah. understand. Uh, well, not not that I have to understand, but just I think I'd like to just get a better 
uh, comprehension of uh, all of the nooks and crannies of yeah. say D&D or Call of Cthulhu but I think I think definitely in time possibly by even the end of third year or maybe the start of fourth year I might say hey guys I'm actually working on a yeah. campaign here yeah. if anyone want to come along and play YouTuber uh, in mind if you're I wouldn't rule it out get into it he's probably I watch him all the time he has great suggestions his name Matthew is Matt Colville, Colville. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Yes. I, I've told I've I've suggested him to say <laughs> many times just because I personally love his videos. Yeah. He always breaks down like he has a series called Running so the Game good. where each time he takes a specific theme or thing from uh it, it applies to most RPGs, but it specifically applies to Dungeons and Dragons where pick something and you can just he just talks about it for so long and I always will just watch one video, get inspired, and make something new. Yeah. And yeah, and if, well, I, um, I might, I I might could check recommend that out, a YouTuber um, as well, especially if you want to get into Call of Cthulhu. Uh, yes, is Seth uh, Skorakowski. Oh, yeah. um, he is an author uh, who often uh, make has a huge YouTube channel uh, that mostly talks about uh, Call of Cthulhu, but he does other role playing games as well. And he's really great at doing reviews of modules. But not just that, he's actually run them and talks about what went well and what didn't and gives you advice to make them better. He's got a uh, warm chief philosophy. A fantastic well, just sort. General. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, well, brilliant. I, I think I'll have to take a look. Uh, I'm just sort of conscious yeah. of time. I'd like to get in one final question. And I'd actually like all of you to answer. So perhaps we'll just do a little uh, clockwise motion. I'll start with Owen, then I'll go to Eva, then I'll go to Faye. Uh, so the question is, and I'll start with you, Owen. What makes RPGs brilliant to you? What What do you love? Um, I think I really enjoy the collaborative nature of um, making a story. Um, I was reading for an essay. I'm writing about it that somebody liked it to uh, people sitting around a campfire, swapping stories and changing them around and so on. It's that kind of older concept, but I really like the idea of. Um, that was a, there was a quote I got from Always Sunny in Philadelphia that kind of summed up what I love about it. Which you tell them they're laughing, they remember yeah. this because I told them about it. And this is uh, Dennis Reynolds, who has stolen the identity of a Canadian businessman named Brian Lafave. And uh, his sister Dee is asking him what about it is that, that gets him off. And he says, This is about the thrill of wearing another man's skin feeling his innermost wants and desires and being in control of his every single move. That's how you get off. And don't you guys want to get off with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that D&D uh, or Call of Duty yeah, turns you, you off. You've, you've said this quote before. Are you trying to get turned on when we play? <laughs> I need to know. Yeah. We're now backing you up against the corner, Owen. You need to ask this question. Does role playing uh, well, turn you off? It kind of depends on the context. <laughs> <laughs> is it RP or is it okay? Well, uh, <laughs> is it or is it? Erp? Oh God! <laughs> Erp. Um, Erp. <laughs> right. So, Eva, I'm going to ask you the same question, but instead of asking it, you, does it turn you on? Do you enjoy playing um, yeah, RPGs? Yeah, one hundred percent. It is probably my favorite pastime. It is this kind of sense of. I can be intimate with emotions without having to open myself up like that, you know? Like, I can make a character think of their most innermost fears and desires and subconscious ones and conscious ones, and they can come out as we, like, play an RP, and it's a collaborative story where I don't know what's going to happen to the character. I don't know how they're going to react, but when certain things happen and I react, and it's this very 
intimate storytelling that you make with the people around this table. Mm. Like Owen said, it is you're sitting around mm-hmm. a campfire and you're all building a story. You know? Yeah. You sort of you sort of transition to another world and for two be, hours or so. It's you'd be really so surprised how deep and metaphorical they can get, even when the campaign started as you and your friends stabbing goblins in the wood. Yeah. And it turns into yeah philosophy about how life what what is considered life it's yeah i mean myself and Ellen were talking before the podcast we heard two names come up and immediately we thought of our D yeah. campaign it was incredible um so it, it it sort of it kind of consumes you if you if you're immersed in it enough and yeah. if you're enjoying it enough in your your everyday life what do you think Faye? Uh, do you sort of you know well, do you enjoy playing RPGs? Do you get um, immersed in definitely, whatever yeah. storylines you're involved in? I would say I love um, interpersonal conflict and creating a story. Like if I were to tell you about the time that, you know, the player of one of the characters literally cried at reading a note after another character died. Like we'd only known this character for like mm. a few sessions, but like he died, the Dar died and like, we're all mm. still like getting over that. At least I am. Like I'm still not. Oh, like the dar has died. But wait, the dar is real. He's real to me, damn it. He's, he's a real character. He's a real person almost. Even though, and like mm-hmm. all the interpersonal stuff to like me, yeah. and, like Cora and like you know Varus and this and all these like hijinks and all that we get up to. It's like a real group of friends, and maybe it's also because toxic masculinity is kind of a, a bitch. So, like as a player and as a DM. I could like yeah. hop on tables and start shouting and do weird voices and like do weird like poses and you know do whatever and like hop around rooms and you know get really excited and like take my t-shirt off because I'm so like hype. That really happened one time <laughs> and I was asked afterwards, "Why'd you have your t-shirt off?" Um, I just get really into it because I can actually feel something. I can actually emote for like once in my life. I can actually have an emotion and express it. And then as a DM, I can write stories, I can make characters, I can come up with this, I can come up with that. I can take this idea that I was really interested in and put it into a storyline and then give it to players. And then we all work together on this new story. And it's something that I'd never come up with. It's like, whoa, that's amazing. It's new ideas. And like when the game goes slightly out of my control, it's so good because I don't really know what's going to happen next, nor do they. We're all kind of discovering this story and making it as we go along as opposed to like a film where everything's been made and very much controlled. I think it's because everything is kind of like a first draft alpha build and you're kind of like building it as you go. It's so like tense. Like, I need to make sure yeah. everything's working properly. Then as players, so like, what's going to happen next? And nobody knows. And that's kind of makes it exciting in itself. I'm excited just talking about it. I want to play one right now. You know? It's, yeah. It's so, so, it a lot. I got an essay yeah, to get back me to. Me too. I want to play. Go back to doing that. Instead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, um, uh, listen, guys, we've had a fantastic discussion. Um, it's been a bit longer than usual, but I don't see any problems there. I think we've had a fantastic conversation. Uh, I'd like Thanks to very much for thank me, Owen yeah, very much for coming on. Me. Thank you to Eve. Uh, no problem. Yeah, thank you. We, we certainly will. Uh, thank you to Eve and Faye, as always. Um, and thank you to the listener for tuning in. If you're still here uh, at, at, at this time, I mean, you must be dedicated. So fair oh, play. You must be dedicated or you've got nothing to do. Uh, either way, thanks so much for tuning in, or both, of course. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We are actually available on uh, yes. Twitter and Instagram now. Both are at LGBTUNOIA. So type that in and find us and follow us and drop us any questions or queries that you may have. If you'd like to be a part of the show, go ahead and let us know.
uh, and leave your suggestions or comments or whatever. Um, and we'll hopefully get some sort of Facebook platform or whatever up as well if that's required. Facebook's kind of dead. But anyway, um, yeah, thanks so much to you guys for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. See you later. Yeah, thanks Cheers. very much, Bye.